Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know we harp on it a lot. You need a good pair of binos. Yeah, I never hunted with binos until I was almost into my 20s. I never did it when I was a teenager or anything like that. Or when I was a kid, we never had binos. And when I bought my first pair of Vortex binos, the first binos I ever purchased back in like 2015, it immediately made a huge difference for me, especially in the turkey woods. So give yourself the advantage of a good pair of binos this spring, whether you're looking for more of like an entry-level bino like the Vortex Diamondbacks or something really, really nice like the Razors. Vortex is going to have something for you. And hey, don't pay full price for it. Use our discount code at eurooptic.com. Use the code SGN10 to get a discount on any Vortex optics that you want to order. Again, that's eurooptic.com, code SGN10 to go get a discount on any Vortex product you order. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. Merry Christmas, everybody. It is the Eve before Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Adam. It's Christmas Adam. <laughs> that, that's just kind of really weird. And we are sitting around at Andrew's no, house. No, it's like Adam and Eve. Oh, I got that. Okay. Man. We're just we're moving on past it while <laughs> Tiffany's spilling bourbon everywhere. So, guys, we're just hanging out at Andrew's house. I uh, just did a little show and tell. Really didn't do show and tell. Just switched some gifts around. <laughs> and uh, Andrew got to open his gift, and I opened my gift from him. And... Uh, 
seemed like a pretty exciting response from him. Yeah. So Jacob stole Christmas this year. Um, Jacob got me a freaking halon. <laughs> I was like, dude, you got me a halon, man. Yeah. And you also saw Andrew's face, which actually, if you watch the Instagram story, because it should still be up when this podcast drops in the morning, you'll see his reaction. It's pretty priceless. Uh, yeah, I freaked out just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's a better looking halon than mine. It's pretty legit. Stone gray. So I'm holding the halon right now. We have to describe it since this is an audio program for now. Uh-huh. Hint, hint. But anyways, Jacob, describe the bow that I'm holding. It is the sexiest stone gray you've ever seen. Yes. If that was a, if that was a, a woman. If this was a lady, it would be Tiffany. What would it be? You better say Tiffany. No, yeah, I was gonna s- let. I was, oh, 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 <laughs> I was gonna. See, I wasn't gonna say. I was gonna let her say something like Miss USA or something because she knows more about beauty than I do. Monica. Lewinsky. But this is the Tiffany Elizabeth. Of bows, because it's the most beautiful thing in the whole world. Sucka. Wait, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, way to dig yourself out of a slight hole, bud. No, but it's a, it's an Quit awesome. Quit digging, start climbing. <laughs> That's an awesome bow. You. It's an awesome bow. Hopefully, you'll be able to get it set up and maybe kill one deer with it this year. Dude, this is the most gorgeous bow. So yeah, it's stone gray. It's got a little inlay in the handle that's like carbon fiber, I guess. Yep. Carbon fiber inlay in the <clears> handle. <throat> the. Uh, the uh, harmonic stabilizers. I, hey, I'm watching the wavelengths. We good. We good. <laughs> the the little noise dampener things. What are these called? Harmonic uh, dampeners. Harmonic dampeners that you see on Matthew's bows are like a, what do you call that? Electric blue? Okay. Just blue. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I guess just blue. I'm trying to be too extra. It's cobalt blue. Cobalt blue. That's actually what I was thinking. Okay. About. Yeah, that's good. The strings are all gray. With gray serving, with black speed knocks, and then you got the uh, cables, the cables with the little yoke on it, because it's like a split cable design at the ends. That is like a cobalt blue. The little uh, what do you call that, man? I used to work in a bow shop, and I forgot. I was gonna say, stuff. did you ever work in a bow shop? I think it's the yoke. I'm pretty sure it's like blue, and it's gorgeous. It's, bow is so pretty. It's like mint condition. It's sexy. Yeah, so how did you go about getting this here fine piece of killing equipment? Dude, it's a um, shout out to Matthew's Brotherhood, I think is what it's called on Facebook. Uh, bought it from a, from a guy that's looking to upgrade, and he had only used it for one year. Shot it a little bit. I think he said he killed one deer with it, but didn't shoot a whole bunch. His original string cables on it, and um, didn't want too much of an arm and leg for it. So he got it at a very fair price, and uh, he actually lived pretty local, uh, so he covered shipping and everything for us. But yeah, it's, it's a beautiful bow. He took very well care of it. So definitely, it's a used bow, but it's definitely you know very pristine used bow. Uh, kind of like how I bought mine. I bought mine the same way from a buddy of ours, Derek Bull. And uh, I've enjoyed it so far. It's definitely probably my favorite shooting bow I've ever shot. And I've shot a bunch of bows as well. I know you have too. Mm-hmm. So I know you were talking about for a while, man, I wish I could get me a Halon. I wish I could get me a Halon. <laughs> I just had to go buy I, I expressed my envy at your halon. Like when we were at Drew's place for that velvet hunt and I shot yours for the first time, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Things like butter, man. It's beautiful. Yeah, so I it's safe to say I've never been caught off guard quite like that. Dude, I cannot believe you got me a bow. <laughs> like I'm speechless. Andrew's oh face was red in excitement and jumping around. Yeah, it was super red. <laughs> and I my voice got super high pitched like I was a third grader. So yeah, that was awesome. Pretty legit. 
<laughs> yeah, extremely. Oh my gosh. And Tiffany, way to hold it together earlier when I was like grilling you about like what was happening. Because I thought it was your gift. I was like, you're giving me your gift tonight? And you kind of accidentally spilled the beans that Jacob got me something. I was like, what'd Jacob give me? And you held it together. I know, but you just did a good job of hiding it because I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Dude, like, I don't even know what to say. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, please. Oh, dude, so, good start to Christmas. Very Southern Outdoorsman Christmas. Very, there you go. <laughs> That's what we'll name it. We'll name it. A very Southern Outdoorsman. A Southern Outdoorsman Christmas. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, what? Uh, so I, <laughs> I like totally got the gave Jacob the short end of the stick with my gift, which he's drinking right now. <laughs> what I get you, Jacob? Uh, some uh, bourbon. What is it? Uh, Knob Creek. Got you regular Knob Creek, and then I got the Knob Creek Rye. Rye. Hundred proof. Small batch. Hundred proof. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like that stuff. So I appreciate it as always. But yes, yeah, sir. had to get had to give you a thank you uh, present for kind of. Help running and doing as much as you do for the podcast, the YouTube, and everything else. I mean, you do all the editing, all the behind the scenes works, and all the stuff, you know, that I just frankly can't do. And it's freaking <laughs> very, I'm very appreciative for it. So, well, I'm pretty appreciative of this, man. It's a pleasure to do it, and it's a, uh, it's a pleasure to get this bow and hopefully go shoot something with it soon. Exactly. So, anyways, I'm sure people didn't want to tune in just for the concept of seeing what you got for Christmas. Um, but, you know, you've been hunting quite a bit lately, so have I, off yeah. and on. And we kind of got done hunting this weekend, which there were some two really freaking big deer killed this weekend on public land. Yeah, where we've been. been hunting. Big deer. And it is the weekend that I can't hunt one single time. Exactly. And all these giants are dropping, man. I'm like, and, but dude, we didn't see any deer. We went out Saturday. It was me, JT, Mac. JT went to where he's been going, you know, last few times. Me and Mac kind of went to a similar spot to where he went last time. And I thought we were going to see something, and I didn't see anything. Mac didn't see anything. But on the way walking out, I ran into another hunter, which turns out he's a, a newly subscribed podcast listener and YouTube watcher. So, Clint, we appreciate your support. Uh, Clint, Ca uh, I think it's Clint Casper, my boss's last name, or Carter, one or the other. Jacob's really bad with names, Clint, really, so don't really, feel bad. Yeah, really bad. Like, Jacob is phenomenally bad with names. But... But anyways, Clint, we appreciate you for uh, following along with us. But dude, I shot the breeze with him. Yes, please. Thank you. Tiffany's doing us a little bourbon pour. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Tiffany's the best. For real. But uh, anyway, so me and uh, Clint <clears throat> shot the breeze for a while. We kind of met up at about almost 10 o'clock as I was walking down a road. And I made a huge circle. Probably walked a mile around, hunting off the ground. And uh, shot the breeze. And it turns out he was actually in there, in this one spot, looking for the deer he had shot the previous morning. And uh, after describing it, it seemed like a phenomenal deer. I mean, a deer I'd be shaking in my boots to get the opportunity at. Um, but, unfortunately, uh, it didn't seem like the shot and everything really worked out for him all that much. Uh, wasn't able to find a whole bunch of blood. What was the shot like? It was a frontal shot. Deer was walking towards him. He was kind of hunting uh, an area of kind of relatively open pines. And the deer kind of caught him off guard and was walking right towards him. And he shot it about 50, 60 yards, pretty much scored it up on him. Um, the way he described it, it might have had just a slight quarter to him. Mm -hmm. And when he took the shot, instead of putting it direct center of the brisket right down the hairline, 
you put it just the offside of the brisket uh, between the shoulder and that uh, that hairline that runs right down the, the center of the chest and mm-hmm. squeezed off and he didn't know if he pulled the shot but the deer kind of you know hunched up took off running and then problem was 15 minutes later as he was starting to kind of ease his way where the deer had run he actually bumped it it was standing what he thought was standing down by this you know little creek and it finished running down there ran up the next hill and he backed out mm-hmm. Went back to the next day, found a little bit of blood down there by the creek where he was at, and that was it. Couldn't find anything else. I've got a feeling that possibly he just kind of hit that shoulder. Probably jacked the deer quite quite a bit, but I don't know if he did enough damage for it to possibly kill it. I think he might have just kind of grazed it in, like the inside of his shoulder and possibly went out the backside. I don't know. Yeah. we. I had a, a friend in high school who had a, kind of a similar situation with a bow. Where, it, yeah, if you guys hear nails, like, going on the floor, it's definitely my dog, Dixie, with her long fingernails running around. But anyways, um, yeah, I had a friend in high school who did something similar where it was kind of a quartering away shot, mm-hmm. like, hard quartering away with a bow. And he shot this buck, and what we eventually figured out what happened, or what we think happened, is he basically shot it, like, almost in line with the shoulder, Mm-hmm. And and the arrow kind of like tucked behind the shoulder almost, and just didn't didn't cut anything like valuable, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Like I'm sure it hurt the deer. There was a lot of blood. It, it sounded like it went in like basically the armpit and exited the brisket, yeah. like right there. It's <clears throat> probably right on the outside of the heart, probably. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if you hit one lung, they can live. So they say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure I've seen other guys trackers talking about this. You know, seeing a lot of one one long hit deer, especially with a bow, mm-hmm. that make it. I mean, I, it. Yeah, I think it was was it on a recent podcast. I think it was Dan Johnson mm-hmm. from Sportsman's Nation. I think he was talking about he had a buck that he he drilled in the shoulder or something, and uh, it was like his biggest buck ever. I think the one he always talks about. Um, and someone else ended up killing it later that year, mm-hmm. and his broadhead was like lodged in the shoulder. On the other side of like one of its lungs, somehow I can't remember the exact like specs of the shot, but basically the broadhead went through one of his lungs, lodged in the other shoulder, and didn't kill it. So it lived with one lung. Like for the broadhead to be where it was, it had to go through the lung, basically. Mm-hmm. So, which is absolutely crazy, but it's nuts. But again, you know, deer are freaking tough as hell. You uh, know, I've seen a lot of guys this year. Posted photos of deer that had gotten shot with a rifle, especially like high shoulder, like above the spine, and um, you know have a huge hole in it, but the deer still walking and living. You know whether or not he dies from infection, you know that's that's to be told later. But uh, yeah, the deer are tough. But again, Clinton was able to find that deer. Unfortunately, he saw a couple other really good deer in that area, and we kind of shot the breeze, dude. And then we started changing the topic from the deer and kind of like what I've seen what he saw uh, into. The saddle, saddle hunting. So he hunts. Oh, yeah. He hunts strictly out of a climber. He's kind of afraid of heights, which I don't blame him. I know a lot of guys like that too. They want to deer hunt, but they don't like getting up super high unless they're in a climber. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not been found lock ons, and he's been looking at the saddle. He follows our podcast, Southern Ground, um, the Hunting Public, you know, everybody like that, and has been hearing a lot about saddle hunting. So I had mine on at the time. I was kind of talking to him about it and kind of showing him how lightweight it was and how compact I was carrying everything in my backpack. And I, I told him, you know, after he definitely seemed extremely interested, I was like, hey, man, you, would you like to try it real quick? And he's like, I'm like, if you're not busy, you know, I, I'm free and I can take it off. We can hang right here on the street. And he's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So I took took my backpack off, threw my platform, the tethered um, predator platform up against one of these trees, 
popped it on there, tightened it down, kind of got up there and showed them how I set my tether mm-hmm. and, and clipped in and showed them the functionality of it, how you can pivot left and right, go around the tree, and but how secure it is and how and like how safe like you know getting up with the lineman's belt. Yeah, you know, and you know. I explained to him because he his what he was wondering is. You know, if you're going up the tree and you have an obstacle, you got to come over, say a limb or something. You know, how is there any way to stay attached to the tree while you have to get the lines built up and over? I'm like, yeah. <clears> so like, what I do is, you know, if I catch that ops, that you know spot, I'll put my tether up around the tree while I still got my lines built on, clip into the tether, tighten it down, and then while I'm hanging there, go my lines, get my lines built, undo it, and go over the top of the, the obstacle. And uh, he liked that idea, liked the functionality, and I let him put it on. I put it on, told him exactly how to do it. He's about the same size guy as me. And had him adjust it to, you know, what's comfortable to me. He gets up there and he's like, dude, like first thing he did, he just started smiling. <laughs> he just started smiling. He's like, that's awesome. He's like, man, this is awesome. And the cool thing is when he did this time, because I was able to kind of show him really what's comfortable for me. had to keep that saddle a lot lower than keeping it like up above your belt buckle, belt line. And he did that. And he's like, dude, this is comfortable. Like, this is like phenomenal. He's like, I already, and I feel safe. I feel like it's hugging me like it is. Mm-hmm. I'm in the tether and there's absolutely nowhere I can fall. And I kind of showed him, like, once you're clipped in, you know, you can't fall. I kind of, like, let my feet go out from underneath me and I just swing right into the, the small tree. It's no big deal. And he kind of got his, you know, got his bearings moving around the platform. He's like, man, he's like, you know, this blew my mind. You know, this platform looks so small, but you get up here, you're like, oh, it's, it's fine. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get around. You don't need all that room. Yeah, he's like, you don't need a big platform like a tree stand. And I, I told him, you know, before I got into saddle hunting, I was the biggest skeptic. I'm like, dude, I, this looks this doesn't look safe. It doesn't look comfortable. It doesn't look um, easy to shoot from. Or just fun- the functionality, yeah, the functionality yeah. of it doesn't look you know like it would work. And then I kind of showed him that. I was like, dude, I was the biggest doubter, and now I freaking love it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, D- I gotta get one of these. And then the selling point for him, <laughs> get that back being out the the uh, the recliner, the recliner. Oh okay? yeah, I, I put that on and adjust it for him, and he's like, dude, this is not even fair. Yeah. He's like, man, it feels like you're in a lazy boy. And this but again, guys, this is a guy who has hunted pretty much his whole life in a climber, okay? You know, a classic summit stand, you know, they're comfortable stands. He's like, dude, this is unbelievably comfortable. I feel safe. I get I gave him his rifle while he was up there to kind of get an idea of how he'd shoot out of it with a rifle. Mm-hmm. And uh he he loved that. And then I, uh, you know, I was like, hey, you know, act like you're bow hunting. Like, you know, try to draw and stuff and feel the functionality. And he started doing that. And the one thing that blew his mind was how you could pivot your hips while you're hanging the tree, pivot the hips to shoot from behind you. You know, if you got deer come up on your, you know, your five, six, seven o'clock, and he absolutely loved that. And uh, yeah, so it turns out he's gonna buy himself a tethered mantis. Hopefully, relatively soon, be able to try it out later, later this season. So. Yeah. Did you see that post on the Saddle Hunter page where the guy was like, "Serious question: How do you guys not fall asleep in your saddle?" He's like, "I've sat three times and I, I keep saw- falling asleep." I will say I haven't gotten to that point yet. I've done it a little bit. I've napped a little bit, but I've never like completely fell asleep. But I'm mm-hmm. sure you, you probably could do it. Um, I know. Come here, Dixie. I was gonna say I know uh, Patrick McDonald has done it quite a bit, but uh, he's kind of talking back and forth. But I don't know, man. That's a, that's a good question. That's crazy, man. Um, yeah. And other news, and other saddle news. I got my second kill from the saddle, kind of. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Well, it's from the saddle. It, yeah. And not... explain that. Explain because you could you could not have shot that deer if you were hunting out a tree stand with a regular. Uh, so so two course. yeah two things two things came into into play here and that was like of course the saddle you know if it wasn't for that saddle Dixie come here get out of there sorry <laughs> Dude, it's okay. dog getting in the closet um Sit down, Dixie. what was I saying uh 
Oh, oh, there's two things that came into play. The saddle, okay? So the saddle, like, game changer because of the way I was hunting and the way that I'm about to explain how this happened, which, Jacob, you need to, like, grill me when I get into this story because I'll definitely, like, get through it too fast. But anyways, uh, and the second thing that came into play was the silent approach steps. If it weren't for the silent approach steps, like, I, I wouldn't have been able to pull off the shot I did. But, yeah, so I was going to where the, we had the camera where we had that big seven point that... Mm-hmm. Uh, we posted on the Instagram. I guess we posted on Facebook too. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was going there, and um, one of the things that I'm like so adamant about is not crunching gravel on dirt roads when I'm walking, or like any. You know, when you're out in the woods and you come across a gravel road, or maybe where they've laid down gravel over a wet spot or something on a dirt road. Like I will walk through the noisiest leaves and sticks before I like crunch gravel loudly because it's just like the worst possible sound. I'd rather fire it's my very gun. Very unnatural. I would rather fire my gun in the air before walking in than walk across like twenty yards of gravel. Especially during turkey season. Especially during turkey season. Yeah. Shoot my gun in the air, they might gobble at it. Exactly. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I took my sweet time walking down this. No, get away from those cookies. No. <laughs> we have some chocolate chip cookies and Dixie's like. Which, by the like, way. We found out tonight. Yeah, as Tiffany says, it sounds really weird. It probably sounds kind of gross. Chocolate chip cookies and bourbon go together great Mm -hmm. because the the bourbon cuts the sweetness of the cookies and vice versa. Mm -hmm. It is phenomenal. And the cookies were prepared by Tiffany, who's an excellent baker. Yep. Very good at cooking. Marrying up. (laughs) Yeah, when Andrew officially has Tiffany wiped up, He's going to have to stay on a treadmill because she's going to cook him great food and he's going to have to stay slim somehow. Oh, buddy. Hopefully it'll be turkey season all year round for him. Yeah. That's what I was telling her the other day. I'm like, I'm going to need to like buy, I'm going to have to get a Florida turkey license and like a Maine turkey license so I can hunt from like the beginning of March to like June or whatever. Yeah. So that way I won't be like obese. Sorry. Sorry to distract the podcast. Back to the story. (laughs) So... Uh, yeah, I wanted to walk down this gravel road and I was being super quiet because on this particular day it was like dead still, like no wind, which I hate. I can't stand days like that. So it's like dead still and this, this road basically goes through the cutover that I know the deer are bedding in. So I have to be super quiet walking down this road. So it takes me forever to walk like a hundred yards and I get down this road and I start going down into my little area that I hunt, which is a hardwood draw that runs up into that cutover. And I like ease down there and, you know, walking through the super loud leaves because it's pretty dry and still. I'm just trying to sound like a deer. You know, you do like the heel toe thing that kind of sounds like a deer walking. You know what I started doing now that actually helped that? What? Now, you can do it. I wouldn't do it with my bow, but if you had a rifle with you, I use my rifle all the time as a tool. I will literally use it as a walking stick if it's like really steep. Mm-hmm. I just do. Um, if you use your rifle while you're walking through the woods, if it's real loud like that, because I was doing it yesterday. Put that rifle out in front of you, again, either, you know, safety on or preferably unloaded, mm-hmm. and pop, put it on the ground st- like you're using a walking stick, and it gives that third element like there's another leg there, and it makes it sound much more deer-like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's phenomenal how it sounds. But, yeah, continue with the story. I haven't tried the rifle thing, but I've, like, started, like, I'll take one step with, like, my left foot, and then I'll take my right foot, and I'll, like, go, like, heel-toe. Yeah. Like, real quick, and I'll do it. I won't do it slow, because a lot of people... I've seen, and this is what my dad taught me when I was little. They'd be like, you know, heel to toe, like real slowly walking, trying to like not crunch leaves. But that's like, to me, that's like the worst thing ever. Because yeah. you're like prolonging the sound and it sounds super unnatural. It sounds like you're crawling through the woods. It sounds creepy. Yeah. 
If I was a deer bedded down and I hear that coming towards me, I'd be like, what is that, man? You know, there's, there's a lot of times where I'm like, sometimes it's better to be loud than not. Mm-hmm. Because the deer know, if someone's walking through, it's going to make some noise. If it's if they hear a little bit of something, like, oh, I, I really think they get a little more edgy. Mm-hmm. Where if you kind of go through, you're, you're not making a whole bunch of racket, but you're making enough noise where it sounds like someone's walking through, yeah. they kind of just let it pass you know, <clears throat> as long as you know, you're not up in their space. But yeah, so, yeah. so you're getting this area, it's, it's pretty noisy. Yeah, you know, doing the heel toe, trying to sound like a deer, so it's like... You know, instead of, you know, trying to do like, trying to break up like the bipedal pattern. So I get down to the tree, I start slapping on the silent approach steps. And the way that I always go up the tree in the saddle is I put my bow on the ground, put my pull rope on it, and uh, I wear my backpack up. And my backpack's got my camera arm and like my water and extra jackets and crap in it. And then I put the silent approach like steps like the bags that go with them mm-hmm. i put that like under my left arm kind of like you'd wear like a satchel or something yep. and i start climbing up and i slap two or three of them on or three of them and then i'll go up what, what do you bunch your platform what do you how do you have that attached oh i have the ring of steps so it's just on a ratchet strap i tie that to the loop that my bridge is on very cool and i tie it on there it's like as high up as i can get it so it's not swinging down beneath me so i'm going up the tree and i get up as high as i want to go in this little double trunk cherry tree and I throw the ring of steps around there. And I'm like slowly ratcheting this thing, trying to be quiet. You know how you can like kind of palm it and yeah. it's like quieter. So I'm like getting it just a little bit tight because with the ring of steps, you know, you got to tighten it up. You got to pull the, the ratchet strap tight and then click it a few times so it will stay there. And then you can adjust it and then you can really tighten it down. Yeah. So I, I get it and I'm trying to adjust the thing and I hear like a crack beneath or to my right. And I look over. And I just see a deer, like the underside of its chin, like waving around in the air. Oh, that old throat patch, man. She's like gnawing on some greenbrier hanging out of a tree. I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) And they're like, they're maybe 50 yards away. There's three of them. And so I'm like, what do I do? And so I'm like sitting here kind of like a little bit panicked. I'm like, are they going to come my way? And for a minute, I just sat there and watched them because it looked like they were just going to walk up into the thicket. You know, at 50 yards, they were going to go up the hill into the pines. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, one of them started walking right to me and then stopped and started eating. So I'm like, oh, my God, they might they might come right over here. So I, uh, I like, get the ring of steps where it's not going to fall. And this is where the silent approach steps come in. So right now I'm on, I got my left foot, like, up, and I've got my right foot, like, kind of, like, extended down. Mm-hmm. So my left leg is the one that's bent and the deer to my right, which is, like, a very weird position because you can't really turn... Like, like if you were to like walk up to a table and put your left leg up on the table and then try and shoot a bow to your right, if you're right-handed, it would be very awkward. Very awkward. Like, it doesn't work. Yeah. Okay? So, I'm sitting here like that, and I pull my bow up really quick, and somehow they don't see it. Like, you got this stupid bow, like, flailing around everywhere. When I'm like, that's pull, that's I'm, hilarious. Like, I'm, for like, real. hanging there. I'm like, get up the bow, get up the bow. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I get this bow up, and I'm, like, making all kinds of noise. I'm, like, dinging stuff. I pop an arrow out, and I knock it, and I, like, flip the rest up. And I'm wearing my release because I always, always, always wear the release. And what I do is my leg, or my foot, is facing, you know, like... Oh, Which like foot? Parallel to the tree. My left foot yeah. is facing, like, parallel to the tree. Like, the inside of my foot is up against the tree. So what I do is, and when I had the bow up there, I was like, crap, I shouldn't have pulled the bow up because this is really awkward now because I've got an arrow knocked. So what I did is like, 
I put my left arm against the tree and I basically picked up my left foot and turned it outward. So the outside of my foot is now up against the tree and I shift my hips to be square with where the does are. So I'm completely just hanging off the side of this tree. On what stuff? Off the lineman's belt. And I've got... Oh, I'm, you no, put I want your tether? To, huh? You put your tether? No, I put my tether on, but I couldn't tighten it up. Like, I just couldn't do it. But it was there for this, like... Okay, listen, this is when you need a rope man. You can do oh a rope man. Gosh, listen, I I, listen, when I showed Clint that yesterday, how easy the rope man, because he used a privet, uh, a, a Prusit knot, not a privet knot. A privet <laughs> knot. A Prusit knot on his, on his tether. Same thing, because it takes two hands. You can't do a Prusit knot one-handed. You just can't, okay? Mm-hmm. That's when a rope man would have came in handy for it. Because yeah. you could have cinched that bad boy one handed and freaking just hung there like freaking like a this like a, <laughs> a baboon on the side of a tree. So that's what I was trying to do, but I like could not get this thing to tighten. And I had it clipped to the bridge. I'm like, well, whatever. If I fall, it's gonna catch me. I'm fine. Yeah. So I can just use the lineman's belt. It's a little awkward, but I can do it. Okay. And so I like turn and I'm like basically so basically the the tree is like straight off of my left hip. Yep. And I'm completely hanging sideways off of the tree. The lineman's belt is like across, like, you know, one of them's going straight to the tree, and then my right side lineman's it's belt across is coming straight across my stomach, like yep. pushing in my roll. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm sitting here, and I get the bow up, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. If they come this way, I'm ready. And sure enough, man, they start walking and walking and getting closer and closer. And there was one time I, I started to draw a little bit, but then... Instead of turning broadside, she like took a different step and started walking straight towards me. I'm like, oh my god, they're coming right beneath me. I'm gonna like throw my bow at them. Or well, something. how high are you off the ground, by the way? Oh man, I was only so there's twelve steps in one of those packs that you get. I think I was like seven high. Seven sticks. Se- seven. Or seven steps. Seven steps. Jeez, dude, you were probably only. I wasn't very high. And you, but you don't space me out as far as I do. Yeah, which I learned the hard way. I wasn't very high because I didn't want to get up very high because the area I was watching where that scrape is, I'm slightly uphill of it. Mm-hmm. So if I get like 20 feet up there, then that shot angle is just going to be weird because the thing is only 17 yards from the base of the tree. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I'm only seven seven steps high. And they're coming in and coming in. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm hanging off the side of this thing. Like I'm wide open. They're going to see me. And basically, she walks to 14 yards, turns perfect broadside. I draw back just freaking clean as, I mean, like smooth as butter, man. Get back, get anchored. She has no idea, okay? And basically, I screw up the shot. And she's sitting there, and she stops. And I put it on her shoulder, like right on the crease of her shoulder. And right at that point, I was like, don't shoot her in the shoulder. Which, in all honesty, with my setup, I think I could have freaking dead ringed her shoulder and killed her mm-hmm. like I, I think i could have busted through it at 14 yards 70 pound bow 29 inch draw that montec g5 heavy arrow i think i could have busted through it but anyways um so the last thing i thought before i released i was like get away from the shoulder which was the wrong thing to think so i start moving to the left you know because yeah, she's, she's walking to left the right to, left to right yeah brain. yeah so I'm, I'm moving to the left away from her shoulder and like, I get behind the shoulder a little bit, and I'm like, okay. And I just pull the trigger, straight up pull it. And no, jerk it. I jerk, yeah. It's jerk horrible. the trigger, there you go. So, yeah, in hindsight, I know exactly what I did. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, I hit her, and it's just, it sounds like a drum. It's like that thud. And I was <laughs> like, got her. And she goes stumbling off. She's running, like, all crazy. Now, again, like, when you, when you hit her like that, okay, because that was the first year you shot with your bow in a while. 
Like, I didn't shoot one with a bow last year. So I missed one with a bow last year. Two years then. Yeah. So what was that feeling like? Because I know my feeling this year when I first shot my first one, but I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, not the first one ever, but like the first one for the year. I was like, yes, yeah. let's go. When I released I was, it. I was on YouTube. I was on Instagram like an idiot. Like, well, I'm one. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming and hooping the hall. Anyways, okay. Nothing That's what me. I did when I shot my buck the other day. Yeah. When I shot the buck Friday and I saw him crash at the bottom of the hill, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I like screamed like some kind of. Wild man, game works at a call, but hey, we got someone screaming, hooping, and hollering out here. Now. I was like, if there's, rescue. if there's anybody in that creek drainage, they heard it. I guarantee they heard yeah. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I released it and I heard it like hit her, and I saw the way that she was like running away, and she started running kind of sideways uphill, and then she kind of like she angled back downhill. I was like, you're done. Now, what was what was her reaction when you shot her? Like, what was her like? Did she like hunch up or anything, or did she just like kick, or she just take off running? She pretty much just took off running. So, like, I thought I smoked her. Yeah. So, yeah, I shoot her. Oh, and when I shoot a deer with a bow, like, I'm excited inside, but I'm, like, also, like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Like, did I make a good shot? Yeah. And so that's what was happening. And so she started running, and then she slowed down, and she starts swaying. And then I got excited. I was like, yes, go down, go down, go down. I was literally hanging off the tree like a chimpanzee with, like, my bow in my right hand. That's so and, You know, I'm sitting there, like, hanging off. I got my left arm around the tree oh. at this point. I'm, like, hanging off like this. I'm like, go down, go down. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she stands there for a second. And she's, like, swaying, and she starts looking around. And then I was like, uh-oh. Because I've seen that before, you know. When you when you make a shot like that. If they start looking around, yeah. And they, if they, and they stand there for a second, then you're like, uh-oh. So, now how far is she at that point? She's like 50 yards. She's basically standing almost in the exact spot that I first saw her. Easy, tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob's like, screw this bow. Bang, bang against the table. No, I was about to say that. That's when you get that pin out there. You put that 40-yard pin about a foot above her back, and you're like... Oh, my gosh. So I, wanted to, I wanted to shoot her again so bad. So, like, at this point, get the binos up, and I'm, like, looking at her. And I see her in the binos, and she starts. She starts to walk at that point. So I'm like, "Oh my god!" I hit her back, and I see blood just pouring out of her side. And it, it looked like mid body, like straight up center mid body. I was like, "Okay, I hit. I hit her just a little bit back, and it's probably liver, mm-hmm. which isn't good, but like you know, maybe better than a gut shot." And oh, she course, yeah. she walks off, and she beds down, and so I'm like swinging around. And so at that point, I'm like, "What do I do now?" I know she bedded and I can see her butt but I can't see her so I don't know if she's dead or if she's just bedded like sitting there looking around so I tighten up the ring of steps just ratchet it and I'm like I don't care if I make noise now and I get up there tether in hang my bow uh, get my backpack out of the way and I get to where I can see her and I look and sure enough her head's up and she's looking around I was like oh my god this is terrible so She's laying in that bed, and I'm, like, trying to keep an eye on her. And at this point, I'm, like, texting you. I'm, like, shot a doe, but it's not good. <laughs> I think I shot her back. I see her. Whatever. Yeah, I'm, like, I think it's a liver hit. Yeah. And um, so she's sitting there. And to describe the spot, it's like a, it's like a SMZ, stream management zone. Anybody in the South probably knows what that is, but if you don't... Nope, because I did not know until you told me. <laughs> <laughs> so, stream management zone yeah. is like, you know, everything down here, you know, we're not like an agricultural part of the country necessarily. Most of us are probably listening logged. to this. Everything, all our quote-unquote agriculture is logging, timber, timber harvest. So, 
when they go in and harvest timber, they leave strips around creeks to prevent erosion and improve water quality and stuff. So this is what that is. It's a SMZ that runs up into a cutover. And it's a very small one. It's a very, very small creek. Doesn't hold water for most of the year. It's a runoff. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much like runoff. There's a spring in it, but it's the spring's dry. And uh, it runs up into that cutover. And the, the sides of it are pretty steep. It's a steep hill that goes down. And it basically goes down this hill and then flattens out for a minute. And then takes like a hard left turn and goes down into the main creek, like steep down in the main yep. creek. And that main creek is like an absolute hellhole. Believe me, I tried to cross it a couple days oh ago. Oh my gosh. It did not work out. Dude, that creek is like, swimming. it is like straight up and down. There's bluffs, there's boulders everywhere, and it's all mountain laurel. Which if you know what mountain laurel is, I don't need to say anything else. Any, anyone that lives up in eastern Tennessee or northern Georgia knows what that is and it's hell dude it's terrible it's hell it's t- I'd rather walk through like briars. briars briars yes I don't care I'd rather walk through those mock oranges you know that have oh, like yeah. the briars that are like two inches long Ooh. I'd rather walk through those than like Mountain Laurel dude cause I got good briar gear man that's that Badlands yeah I was just saying dude I, I've been walking through some crazy crap lately and they still look phenomenal no yeah picture we'll get to that cause I walked through some crap on this track job but okay. uh <laughs> So, all right, so hit her. Okay, let's see. Here, you're texting everybody. She's in her first bed. Keyword, first bed. Mm-hmm. So then she gets up, and like I hear her get up when I'm trying to text somebody. I think I was texting like either Tiffany or Curtis Gilbert. Um, so I hear her get up, and I'm like, shove my phone in my pocket real quick, and I'm trying to find her in the binos, and I see her walking. And like she, she walks through this little gap, and I see stuff hanging out of like the wound. I was like, oh, yeah, she's messed up. So, she goes, she goes like 10 feet and like collapses. Okay, and I'm like, okay, she's dead, finally. And Sorry, uh, Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany's making a face. I'm sorry. Tiffany's not, you know, I would say Tiffany's not used to this, but I've taken her squirrel hunting, and you should see the way that she treats these squirrels. She's straight up executioner, like gangster on these squirrels. <laughs> okay, she, she shoots, we took out, we took out my 20 gauge, getting on a tangent here. We're, we took out my 20 gauge and my 22. Oh, my Franky. Oh, back when Fronky. I still had it, I got rid of it. Mm. That Franky is now a ring on her finger. <laughs> hey, it works. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but anyways, she gets the Franky and she shoots the squirrel out of the tree. And you yeah. know, when you're shooting squirrels with shotguns, it doesn't. It's not the like the best way of killing them instantly. So this squirrel's still alive, and I'm like, all right, baby, you want to finish him off? And she she takes that 22, and this squirrel's trying to crawl away. And she, like, puts the barrel up against this thing's head and just pops it. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I got him. I was like, oh, my gosh. You don't want to piss her off. <laughs> she was like, she's stone cold, man. <laughs> she's over there smiling. Do you have anything to say about that? <laughs> she Silence. She's like, I can't believe you told the world about this. She's giggling. Gosh. <laughs> How's it feel to be a killer? Oh yeah, we took her shooting. Me and Adam. Adam. Oh yeah, Adam Johnson. Adam Johnson, NFA Review Channel. If you like guns, go look at NFA For Review. Real, you'll go on a tangent. You'll go down a deep dark hole of what you're buying next if you go to his YouTube channel. Yeah, his YouTube channel is awesome. That's yeah. Andrew's cousin, by the way. Yeah. So we, we took we took her out, and she we gave her a Glock 43. Yep. Nine millimeter. She was shooting ten rings, dude. She's killing it. I was it's like, I'm not. It holds up, man. Where I'm like, I'm not gonna take you shooting around my friends because you'll outshoot me every time. I'd say we gotta we gotta change that because <laughs> we gotta have you start pistol hunting. I know. So there was stuff hanging out of her wound. 
Yeah. Oh, she's trying to get you back on topic. Uh-huh. She's looking out for the, she's looking out for the listeners. Thank you, darling. Yeah, there's stuff like okay. Yeah. But anyway, she she stands up. She walks like ten yards, and she collapses. And I'm like, okay, she's dead. And I get the binos on her, and sure enough, I can see her head still up. I'm like, oh my god. So what she's doing? Like I said, this is a dry creek I'm hunting right here. Yeah. It's a dry feeder creek that goes into the main creek, and she. Instead of going downhill, which would have been way easier, instead of going downhill, going to the creek like you know a gut shot deer does, which spoiler alert, she's gut shot. Uh, she was like all she wanted to do was get back up to that bedding area where she felt the most safe. Mm-hmm. So she'd walk uphill for like ten feet and she'd fall over and just sit there. And it was really bad, dude. I was like sick up in the tree, dude. I, I was like, this is not fun. Like, I regret taking that shot. Like, I was like, how did I screw that up, dude? It was 14 yards. But anyways, um, so she, she does that, and I see, basically I see her get up in bed four times, okay? And then the fourth time, she lays there for a really long time, and I can see her really good. She's laying almost in the wide open. Like, I can see straight through this gap in the trees, and she's just laying there looking around. And I'm like, okay, she's, she's hurt. Obviously, she's hurt really, really badly. But I don't want to get up and go over there because, like, you never know if she could get, like, another yeah. burst of energy and go blowing down into the next county. And see, that's what a lot of guys would say. is like, why'd you not go after her? A lot of guys lose deer because of it. Which, it sounds bad. If you can get down and sneak up quietly up to them and get a shot, that's one thing. Especially if you're hunting with a rifle. Mm-hmm. It's one thing. Hunting with a bow, trying to get within range again to make a clean shot without blowing them out because it's amazing. Even a gut shot deer like that. How much energy they can muster up when they get they they have fear they see something they don't like adrenaline and man. they just do they just book it yeah and then you might never find that deer again especially and if I were to walk up on her all she would have to do is get up and just book it downhill yeah you know it takes just less like gravity carriage keep her feet underneath her while gravity carriage mm-hmm. yeah and she might go down there and crash and die but it's not a risk that I wanted to take yeah because I mean it's just so like it's bad down there. And it would be really hard to find her in that thicket. Mm-hmm. Especially if she got up in the creek, because this has happened to me before, uh, where the creek is way up, which that creek was, and they go die in the creek and get washed off. That's happened that to me. Too. And I've, I found the deer that that happened to me on, just by luck. Uh, it was my buddy Zach's dad. He's, he's been on the podcast. He's my first public land deer, actually. I made a bad shot on him. He ran, died in the creek, got washed down 50 or so yards, and got stuck in an eddy. And the only thing that you could see on him was like the side of his rib cage was like sticking up, mm-hmm. like and it was just like a little tuft of brown fur in the above the waterline. Yeah, it was like brown water. You know, it was really hard to see. And somehow we found him, but I was really afraid that would happen to her too, which is one another reason I didn't go after her because I'm like, this terrain is so rough. I doubt that she'll run super far, mm-hmm. but if she runs to the wrong place, I I might never recover her. So my plan was to either Wait till it got dark, or wait till she got to where she couldn't see me and sneak down and go back to the gate and meet JT. Which yep. JT's got some deer meat coming to him because he 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 suffered with me that night. It was bad. So um, it was gonna thunderstorm later that night, or it was gonna rain later that night, but thunderstorm the next morning. What? I was to say you haven't you have last time last thing you said was she was just sitting there in the open. Oh, dude, yeah, I got way ahead of my. See, this is why I said you need to question me because I'm getting way ahead of myself. Um, so she she's sitting there in the wide open in that spot where I can see her. I'm like, okay, it's good. And 
uh, I'm texting somebody about what happened, and while I'm texting them, uh, I hear her get up again. And so I throw my phone in my pocket really quick, and I'm looking, and I don't see her, but I can hear something walking. And then I see a deer go down the draw towards the creek. I was like, oh, crap, she just bailed off down there. And so I was super, super concerned about that. But I was like, okay, well, she's out of sight now, so I need to leave. And I was texting you. I was like, I think she just bailed off down to the creek, mm-hmm. and I'm backing out now. I'm going to get JT. And I talked to you on the phone. I talked to JT, and... We were getting rain that night, but then early the next morning it was going to thunderstorm, and I had you know Adam and David and all my uncles. I forgot, I forgot about that. They were coming to town too. Yeah, so they they were coming into town. Their flight was arriving at like eight o'clock the next morning, which yeah. I, I had to be there for that. And uh, so I was like, getting it in the morning is just not going to be an option. Like period. And like after me and JT talked a lot about the shot and about her body language, I'm like. She's hurt bad enough. I, I honestly think that if we give her f- like five to six hours, I think she'll be dead. Yeah. Um, so Especially since you saw so much blood come out of the first time. Because I've seen gunshot mm-hmm. deer, they just don't bleed. They just don't. She's bleeding quite a bit. Yeah. For a gut shot deer, she bled quite a bit. And I'm not shooting her with a big two-inch expandable. I shot her with a G5 Montec. Yep, old Montec, the classic. Yeah, and I really, 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 really like those three-blade designs because it's like it looks like it's a clover leaf. You can't, you can't fold up. Honestly. Exactly, it's a hole, man. It like knocks a chunk out of them. It looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the exit hole on some rifles. Now, did you get a full passer? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, big time. Um, so she uh she gets out of sight. I go up there and meet JT. We're going to go in that night and look for her. And, uh, that's one thing we talked about was like worrying about you going in too soon. Because I was telling you, dude, you need to wait until at least like 8, 9 o'clock at least. Because you shot like at 2.30? I shot her before 2.30. Okay, so like say 2, 2.15, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, you need to give her at least six hours. Because hopefully you hit a little bit of liver. Mm-hmm. But like I, I was worried that you know if you hit straight gut, she could still be like alive and kicking by the time you get there. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize like she had been... I mean, you told me she had bleeding, but... It seemed like she bled a lot more. Like, I'm wondering if you hit some kind of artery or something in there too, or mm-hmm. like a major vein somewhere around that, you know, that center of mass body that kind of helped her, you know, dial it quicker. But yeah, yeah. So me and JT went back in there at like, do you know what time it was, Tiffany? Because I came home and I ate dinner with Tiffany and everybody. It's probably like seven something, seven thirty. So we went back out there at like seven thirty, and. Got to the gate, walked in. Was it raining? Yeah. So one of the reasons we waited that long is because, one, just give her more time to die, but also we wanted a little bit of rain so we could kind of be quiet if she was still alive. We, like, maybe see her and know to not, like, bump her up. Mm-hmm. You know, see her before she saw us. So we were trying to be quiet sneaking through there. But we go in there, and as soon as we get down into the bottom, it starts raining really good, and we can be, like, really quiet. Mm-hmm. We're looking around, and we start we start by looking to where I thought she ran, okay? When I saw the deer go down the hill, and I saw... I, I called you and told you about it, and there's some blowdowns right there. I'm like, I think she might have just went and got in one of those blowdowns, because she, she was trying to get up into the cutover, the thicket on top of the hill, but mm-hmm. she just couldn't do it, it looked like. Yeah. So maybe she was looking downhill, and she saw those blowdowns, and she was like, okay, I'll go get in one of those instead. So she went down there. So we start looking at all these blowdowns, nothing, no blood, no deer, no nothing. Mm-hmm. So 
I was like, instead of bailing down and going all the way down to this terrible creek bottom, let's go look at her beds and see if we can figure something out up there. So we go up to where I last saw her and finally find blood, find like a little blood trail. And yeah. I was surprised by the amount of blood there was. No, you know, color or anything? Could you tell? I mean, was there? I mean, first of all, you, you found the arrow, which you didn't, you know, attempt. You know, I was talking this earlier. Oh yeah. But there was like guts on the arrow, like straight up, like green. There was like almost right. nothing on the arrow. I thought you said there was something. There was stuff on. It the was like the very, very, very light green film. Yeah. When I said that, I was like, oh. Sh- crap <laughs> i hit straight guts yeah yeah yeah. so uh but yeah there's like almost there wasn't even hardly a smell to the arrow and see that's kind of like funny because like when i shot my buck with my bow out of saddle i shot him kind of that mid body but again i thought i hit back of the lungs kind of and i thought i smoked anyways i get down and the thing was covered in red and blood mm-hmm. but i was probably three inches from being like center guts mm-hmm. and it just happened to hit him like in the back of the lungs mm-hmm. so it's amazing how much three inches Forward or backwards could really dictate on where you hit them, whether you hit them in the lungs or hit them, liver, gut. So, yeah, yeah. And so, when I saw that arrow, I was like, I don't know, like, I, I've never had an arrow like this because I know that I know for a fa- if I had found the arrow and I had not seen her and seen her bleeding, I'd have been like, I don't know, I don't know where I hit her because there was some hair, there's some brown and white hair on the fletchings, and other than that, I mean, the arrow was clean, hmm. like, completely clean. Yeah. And, I mean, it hardly even had a smell to it. It was, I mean, almost no smell. Yeah. So, I was like, maybe I hit her, like, forward in the stomach or something? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Because you were saying, like, maybe, like, diaphragm or something, like, mm-hmm. like upper stomach, kind of, like, in the back of the lungs and everything, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, okay, so. So, so, we go to the blood trail and finally find blood. You know, it took us a good while to find blood because we were a little bit disoriented in there mm-hmm. after dark. Uh, but we find it, and it's, you know, good, like, bright red blood. Almost looks like muscle blood, and there's a bunch of it, like a lot of blood. And we go find her first bed. We go find her second bed. We find her third one. Find her fourth one. And the fourth one is where it starts getting really confusing because I only saw her bed four times, and then I thought she got up and bailed off down towards the hill. I mean, towards the bottom of the hill. Mm -hmm. And we're looking around, and we find this last bed, and there's no blood going out of it anywhere. So I'm like, where did... Like, where did she go? And when I saw her walking, she was dragging her feet. And you could see, like, the, you know, the leaves where she had drugged her feet. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, like, nothing coming out of this bed. I'm like, did she evaporate or something? Like, where did she go? And um, we look around and do circles and circles around that bed and can't find anything. And we find absolutely no sign of her down the hill. So... Then we started doing, like, I would, I told JT to go stand in the bed, and I would, like, basically start spiraling away from him, mm-hmm. like, doing circles, like, wider and wider every time, and, I don't know, maybe, like, 10 yards from the bed in a spot that I didn't see, there was another bed that I didn't know that she got into, and there was blood in it. So what had happened was another deer, which there was a big trail right there, right above her bed, which was interesting. So that she was bedded right off of like a major deer trail, which I think was the trail she was trying to go up back into the thicket. Yeah. And uh, which this gets interesting, what she ended up doing. Um, and another deer came out of that. When that deer came out, it just went right down the hill, and she got up and went, tried to go up into the thicket, but she couldn't. But that deer went down the hill, and that's the deer I saw and assumed was her because I only saw it for a second. Her was the beast, but. On, you know, <laughs> it was a booner, man. Just, just didn't, get a, get a, get, didn't get a good look at him. Man. Yeah. 
So, shit, so I'm, uh, I find this bed, and the bed is basically just on the same elevation line that the last bed is on. So it's like she's not going uphill anymore. She's going cross hill. Yeah, she's side hilling. She's staying on the very same elevation. And find a bed right there. And we it takes us forever to find the next bed. We find another bed. And, you know, there's less and less blood in each one. It's mm-hmm. looking really bad. And what she had done is basically this cutover kind of comes down and comes to a point. It mm-hmm. kind of starts going downhill and it comes to a point. And she got up almost to the edge of it, uh, up to the edge of the main cutover. But she knew that she was on the same elevation as that point. So she could, like... If she walked straight up, she could walk uphill 10 more yards and be in the cutover. Or she could turn left and walk 20 yards side hilling and be in the point of the cutover, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it was just easier for her to side hill. But we find a bed, you know, little blood. Find another bed, little blood. And there's only blood in the beds. There's no blood trail anymore. Because she's, I guess, starting to clod up at this point a little mm-hmm. bit. And... Uh, find a bed find a bed she gets into the pines then it gets really hard to find a bed because it's just a briar thicket like pine area that's hell it's terrible it's horrible we're like crawling through it i got briar in the face it was yeah. so much fun yeah <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it was funny i was joking with jt i'm like is that how, did you really have a deer season if you if you don't go crawling through a briar thicket looking for a deer at some point Agreed. i feel like that happens every year yep so we're crawling around in here looking for blood and we like lose it completely. Like we cannot find anything. It take. I mean, we're probably there for like thirty to forty minutes and find nothing at all. And so finally, I'm like, look, like uh, we've looked everywhere. I'm gonna go sit in this bed. I'm literally gonna sit down in it and look around. And while I do that, JT, you go do circles and see what you can find. So I go sit in the bed, and I'm shining the light around. And just to my right, which is you know going the way that she was going. There's a little honeysuckle vine coming down, and there's a speck of blood on like a little piece of honeysuckle right there. I'm like, JT, there's one right there. It looks like she was going this way. And so he goes and he finds a speck here, a speck there, and then he walks about 10 yards, you know, side hilling again. And there's like kind of a wall of briars right there that I didn't walk through. And he like kind of takes his foot and he presses them down a little bit so he can see past them. And he shines the light and there's a bed right there of blood in it. He's like, got more blood. And so we're like revamped at that point. We're like, okay, we got her. Um, So we go over there. And that's huge, by the way. Like, that's the the point. Like, when y'all went 30 to 40 minutes without finding anything, that's the point where a lot of guys would give up. Okay? We almost did. And it's like, once you find blood again, it gets you re... Like you said, it revamps you up for... Hey, let's keep going. It gives you more energy. Let's keep going, especially when it's raining on you. It's probably like nine o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock by that time almost. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was raining on us. It was cold, and it's like the kind of cold where it's like super steamy and like it's hard yeah, to it's see like, through your headlamp. Yes, I hate that. That's how <laughs> it was Saturday morning. You'd literally breathe. It's freezing cold. You'd breathe, but you couldn't see crap because you're freaking this, the mist. And yeah. There's no no wind. Exactly. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there's too much mist and everything. You can't see crap. And it's, it's like, getting aggravating. It was cold. It was uncomfortable. JT's got to be at work at 8 o'clock the next morning. And it's, like, 8.30 now, at least. And so we find he finds that bed with the blood in it. And I'm like, I'm pumped now. I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to find this deer. She's going to be in here somewhere. Yeah. 
Because I'm like, there's no way that she got, she worked so hard to get up into this thicket, there's no way she's going to leave it. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be in here somewhere dead. And at this point, I'm like, she is dead. She has to be dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I start doing circles. I'm looking around. Can't find anything. Probably at least 15 more minutes of looking. There's, I mean, dude, this point has so many beds on it. I mean, it was like, like, yeah, big old bed in here. Oh my gosh, dude, there's so many beds in there. And so I'm checking bed after bed after bed. I probably checked like 20 or so beds and nothing in any of them so i get to the other side of this point basically so think of like a triangle mm-hmm. and jt's on one side of the triangle i'm on the other side and mm-hmm. with the point of it facing like south yeah and he's on the east side i'm on the west side and there's nothing so i'm like okay i'm gonna zigzag north to south until i get back to you jt and if i don't find anything then like, we're going to swing around one more time, but then we're going to have to call it because we've exhausted, like, everything we could do. Like, we've we've searched this bedding area. She's not in it. Yeah. And at that point, I was just going to wake up at, like, 5 o'clock and come back there right at daylight mm-hmm. and try and look around in the daylight and just do a body search because at that point, all the blood would be gone, period. Um, so I start zigzagging towards him, and I almost get completely back to him. And just downhill from him, I find just a spot speck of blood on a leaf man I, I like a speck i'm like i think this is blood and he's like touch it and see and so i like i touch it and like it's not there's so little that i couldn't even see it on my finger yeah. like i just rubbed it and it disappeared so i was like it was definitely blood because it disappeared and uh he walks down there to me and i'm like trying to put together what happened and i turn around and scan and i see a white belly like 10 yards beneath and i'm like there she and so we like cautiously approach and make sure she's dead but what she had done she'd gotten to the point of those pines mm-hmm. okay and she got in her final bed and she probably laid there for like a while probably like a long time and what I what it seems like she did is she stood up out of that bed to move again mm-hmm. and finally the blood loss and everything got to her and she probably stumbled down the hill because like there was no real tracks or anything right there it was just a speck of blood on that leaf, and she was dead in like a really awkward position. Like she had crashed there. Like her head was all sideways, upside down beneath her. So I think she stood up and like stumbled down the hill and just tanked over. And we go down there, and she had been dead for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like she'd probably been dead for an hour or so. She was stiff. Her eye, his, her eye was slightly clouded, but not really. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say she's probably dead for like maybe an hour, over an hour, maybe mm-hmm. hour and a half. What Which time means was it when you think you found her? It was like right at nine o'clock. Oof. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So that I shot her at like two. How many hours is that? Yeah, she, she, was probably, she was probably dead by. She was dead, I think, before y'all got there. I think so too, for sure. Yeah. Uh, like I was telling JT, I'm like, I think she died within four and a half hours for sure. Yeah. But. Anyways, on upon autopsy, first of all, she's a giant freaking deer. She was huge. I walked up to her. She looked like a donkey. Like, that deer looked huge, dude. This is my biggest doe ever. Like, yeah. I, I walk up with JT, and we're celebrating everything, and I turn around, I'm looking at her, and I'm like, she is freaking huge, man. Just put some antlers on her, bro. I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah. Which are, are, like, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, whatever. Northern state listeners are going to be like, Pff. But some of our Alabama people will understand. But she's like... She was above 140 pounds, yeah. which for where we're from, that's a really big that's doe. A huge doe. Those don't get that big very often down yeah. here. So, uh, me and JT are sitting here looking at this thing. And by the way, the shot 
was behind the liver. It was straight guts, like straight middle of the guts. Horrible, horrible, horrible shot. But she died pretty quick for a gut shot. And it shows you that even a small broadhead like that, mm-hmm. you know, can do some serious damage. Because a lot of guys say, like, you know, that's the reason why they shoot a big broadhead is, oh, if I gut shot him, at least I'm going to get a big hole through him. Yeah. Well, if you give him enough time, mm-hmm. you know, that shows what can happen. But Yeah, I, yeah, and it didn't take her 12 hours to die. Yeah. You know, it took her probably four to four and, and a half. I was thinking that. I, th- I thought I was like, man, it might be 12 hours before she's dead. Yeah. But my liver shot deer, dude, my liver shot deer was still alive and kicking at six hours six and a half hours dude mm-hmm. I mean, it was ridiculous yeah so I mean, it shows you know that's also a deer by deer case on you know what was going on but also my deer did not bleed nearly as much as i think as your deer did but yeah so i don't know what i cut in there but i must have cut some little vein or something yeah. definitely not a major artery because it took her a while to die yeah but i'm just glad it took her as long as it did and not longer you know mm-hmm. it's unfortunate like i hated to see her suffer and that like kill is forever stained by that because she's a trophy to me, which I'll get to in a minute. But like now, that'll always be in the back of my mind that I made like a freaking horrible. But at shot, least you got man. all the meat back. Like my, my I got all the my meat. My buck, yeah. I lost back leg, back leg up into some of the back strap. It was, and I also lost Bob both sand loins because of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just a, you know that sucked. But yeah. But so, anyway, so you, you finally quartered her up. You know, we quartered her up, packed her out. Yeah, we were sitting there looking at the map, and I'm like. I, I ain't dragging this thing, period. Yep. So, yeah, we quartered her up, and we did it a little differently than you do because I didn't have any game bags or anything. Uh-huh. So I just uh, basically cut the legs off with the hair still on them just so that, like, the hide yeah. would kind of protect it. And I hung them off my... It's a Field & Stream Powder Horn XL. So it is not a meat packing backpack. Hey, Dude, hey. it was still so easy, man. Hey, hey. High class. <laughs> Dude, it was still so much better than Dragon, though. Like, it was so easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was talking to somebody on Facebook the next day, and they were like, do you not have a deer cart? And I was like, I don't need one, man. Like, I used a deer cart last week, and this was way easier. I was, I was, like, I was talking to uh, Clint about that, because he uses a deer cart, which he actually uses. He's got a deer cart, and then he also uses a, 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 a hand truck or... Oh, dolly, yeah. like a dolly, yeah. And uh, I'm like, dude, pack them out, man. It's so easy. I'm like, it's amazing on even someone that's like not in great shape, like myself, right here. <laughs> uh, but like, how much weight you can seriously carry out on your back? I mean, it's mm-hmm. phenomenal, yeah. And I mean, you, packing her, dude, yeah, cut them up anyway, sooner or later, yeah. That, it's like, I don't, I don't want to cut them up at the house, like, I don't want to have to bring them here and then gut them and do all this crap, like, because then I just have to go back out and dump her somewhere. Because I can't throw in the garbage can because we did that one time. And the city wrote us a letter. Because they were like, don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I want to know how they found out that, about that. Probably when they dumped the thing, like the freaking garbage truck dude was probably traumatized. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know, dude. He probably complained or something. I'm like, it's just me. Get over it. But anyway, so that's, that's beside the point. Um, uh, yeah, packing around was way easier. Like, even with a crappy backpack, no frame at all. Hanging the quarters off of the pack. Off the pack, yeah. So what? there's two straps on either side of the pack, and I hung the hind quarters off those. You know, like how you hang it on a gambrel, the little tendon thing you cut. Uh, I hung them off the thing like that, and then I got a carabiner, like a big, huge carabiner. Is that that giant one with the grip on it? Yeah, it's like a huge... It's not made for climbing, but it's just like a big carabiner that comes in like a two-pack at Academy. Like a, like a six-inch carabiner. Yeah, ginormous. ginormous. Anyway. And I, I cut through like the shank on the front shoulders 
and I ran the carabiner through both of those, and then I clipped it to like the little carrying handle on top of your backpack. Yeah, yeah. So they were in the middle, and the two hindquarters were on either side, and back then I straps. took the back straps and all the other like the loin or whatever, put that inside the pack, like way down in the bottom, wrapped up. <laughs> I didn't have game bags, so I wrapped them up in my brand new Badlands jacket. <laughs> JT was like, boy, what are you doing? I was like... I can replace the jacket, man. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> so, we, yeah, and so I throw that thing over my back. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be so much easier. And, dude, I freaking chugged out of there like the dang Terminator. Like, it was nothing. Yeah. Getting her, and she's a big doe, man. It was, it was easy big, getting dude, her. She had out. a big old head and neck on her. Yeah. Now, even Michael Pike was like, dude, that's a freaking big deer. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she, there's pictures of her on her Instagram and Facebook if you want to go look at it. But uh, I talked to the local biologist, and you know I knew she was probably an older deer because when me and JT were sitting there skinning her, I was like, "Let me take a look at this jawbone." So I cut her teeth, or I cut her cheek, so you could like kind of see in there, and her teeth were like wore down, and so I was like, "Oh my god, dude, this thing's old." So I like I cut you know the cheek and everything, and I popped the jawbone out and stuck it in my pack because so I was like, "I want to keep this jawbone, see how old she is." So. I sent the jawbone to our local biologist for this WMA, and he got back to me today, actually, and said she was six and a half. That's awesome. That's an old deer, man. Dude, that's like Thomas's deer, dude. Yeah. Jeez. Dude, I was thrilled. I was like, dang. Dude, and so there's been two bucks out there that I know confirmed were six and a half buck, six and a half year old bucks that got killed. Mm-hmm. The buck, the other big buck that got killed today that I sent you, I tagged you in. Yeah. That deer was four and a half. Yeah. That was a four and a half year old. I know. Jesus Christ. It's a huge deer, oh, too, man. Yeah, it was so <laughs> but, anyways, there's. Sorry, Tiffany. We just woke Tiffany up. Yeah, we just woke her up. She's like, I'm done. It's, 11, it's 11 o'clock. She's not hunting in the morning. She's like, I'm just sleeping. <laughs> but, anyways, but yeah, there's been a lot of old deer out there, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's another thing. Like, you know, people don't believe on public land that, you know, there's old deer. Oh, my God, man. And you get in the right spot, you find some old deer. So, that was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. That, that was, dude, like, when I heard she was six and a half, I was like, I was thrilled. Yeah. That's probably the oldest deer I've killed. Uh, that's definitely the oldest deer I've killed for sure. Yeah. I think. Which. I'm super proud of that. On a side note, by the way, so Andrew, by the way, guys, if you pick up any of our Alabama listeners, if you pick up uh, January's edition of AON um, Alabama Magazine, Outdoor News. Alabama Magazine. Outdoor, yeah, there Anyways, Andrew's got a pretty big article in there. He's got a picture of me in there and botched my description <laughs> of that deer. That deer I killed was about six and a half, which I think you, yeah, I don't know if you wrote it or they wrote it. No, they wrote it. They uh, screwed it up. They screwed it up. They got, they got, they got, that's all my brother's deer. But uh, anyway, so yeah, we're in the AON magazine. I'm kind of excited, man. Yeah. One well, of my uncles texted me. He's like, man, what's up, old Hollywood? I'm like, my <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh I'm not Richard Fott, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Richard, good old Richard, old man, Richard. Old Hollywood. But um, yeah, that's pretty cool, man. That's uh, I don't know how many I've had in there so far, but I'm like kind of getting but, that rolling. But, I was gonna say you got a deal working with them this year. Yeah, how I'm, many articles I'm, you got uh, scheduled out for? Twelve. Twelve. All right, Andrew's got contract right now. Twelve articles. So guys, you, every month <laughs> you will get an article from Andrew in the magazine. So make sure you subscribe. Yeah, I was beginning to question myself for a while because I was like. Super dry spell. Couldn't even see a deer for a month, and you, now you need to hold it, Matthews, a little bit and get your good luck going. Yeah, there we go. Rub it on it. <laughs> yeah. So okay. now, now in less than a week, I've killed two deer. I've killed a buck and a doe. That's dude. Uh, Nick, uh, Nick, a deer is texting me. My buddy from up in Tennessee. He's like, 
you know, asking if you had killed something or if I killed something. I told you you did. He's like, man, it's all it took was just kind of getting over the hump with that buck, and then man, it's just gonna start falling like waterfalls, man. Just you know, get it. So yeah, hopefully, so. you kill another one tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's gonna be an early morning. It's gonna be hard, but I'm gonna get out there. Do it because I'm not going, but I will come out there. You shoot one, I'll be there with the camera. Yes, sir. Which, on a side note, we gotta record a couple videos tomorrow before you leave. Well, like when when y'all leave for Nashville? When are we leaving for Nashville? Christmas Day. Sweet. So we're doing about four videos tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to let you know. <laughs> Be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared. Anyways, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you all enjoy Christmas. Make sure you are having a fun time with your family and friends. Make the most out of it. You never know when a loved one uh, may not be with you in the future. So make the most of every Christmas, guys, and enjoy Amen them. That. And uh, with that being said, guys, Merry Christmas. And have a great week. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) Totally killed it dead. That was the weakest. Killed it dead. Week. No, okay. No. No. You know know what you forgot to say? What? Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. And, uh, 2019 is going to be huge because we're rolling out a bunch of new stuff. So, be on the lookout. Merry Christmas. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about hey, which saddle should i get which tree stand should i get what about this piece of gear what about that piece of gear How do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.